Oh, yeah. They can bring their own dinner or we'll cook them. Okay. Um, down just a little bit. I'm getting a real wind. We're going to, next week, don't forget, next week's the barbecue. Okay? Thank you. Okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. We're small, but we're mighty. You hungry? I got some food for you if you're hungry. Let's talk. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the honor of being born again, filled with your spirit, with a passion and a hunger to know more about you. And so, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. I'm not the teacher. I'm just a voice. So would you come and help us all? I want to learn. They want to learn. We want to learn. We want to learn from you. Be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Get your Bibles out and go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Tonight we're going to pick up from where I was the last time I was with you. And um, Pastor Steve did a great job last week. Was it last week? And uh, today we're going to pick up on uh, this class. And today the title is, Am I Living a Mystery? Okay? Am I Living a Mystery? I'll be right back. I forgot my marker. I need my marker. Got to have my marker. So I'm going to go backstage. Everybody always wonders what's backstage. Nothing of real importance. Well, the bathroom. Okay, here I come. Could you hear me from back here? Could you hear me talking back here? That's scary. Okay. So um, what we're going to do is, and, and remember now, we're going to teach for a season, then we're going to have questions and answers. So write down your questions, and then we'll go from there. So again, tonight, it's am I living a mystery? Are you living a mystery? So we're going to read the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, and we're going to start, and we're just going to go down a few verses, and then uh, we're going to pick it up. So, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints, that's you, that's us, which are at Ephesus, so we're going to make it him it, and to the faithful in Christ, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch what he says. You know this. You've heard me quote it dozens of times. Blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all, not some, all spiritual blessings where? In heavenly places. Now watch what's happened. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Now you know that that's been something I've taught for years, that, in it, that we were designed by God before the foundation of the world. You didn't come into this world unplanned. And so what Paul says and what Paul tells us is that you were designed before the foundation of the world. When you came into the world, your parents don't, didn't determine God's plan for you. They may have determined the physical issues, but not God's plan. Do you understand that? That's so important that you understand that when you came into this world, your heavenly Father designed you to accomplish something. Now, whether we're able to accomplish it is contingent on whether we're born again. Not who your parents were, not what nationality, what language, whatever. Are you with me so far? Make sense? 
So in other words, you came into this world, every one of us did, with a purpose and a design. And the mission of the church is to get people born again and then find out who they are. Because the only way you're going to be happy with your life and who you are is you find out who you are and you be that. So what do people do when they come into the world? They grow up. They try to find their career. They try to find, you know, which, oh, i got to be careful. i get get off course too far. So the point is God designed you. Now, um, it's interesting that, um, let's see, in Colossians 1.26, I think it's in your verses here, listen to what Paul says. Even the mystery with, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but when? Now, that's not right now. That's not when he said it. It's right now when you read that. So now is made manifest in a saint. So in other words, what we're going to talk about tonight is how we find out more. I, you know, at my age, 75, some of you are older than that. At 75, I'm still finding out who I am. You never stop. You understand that? You're never going to stop. So he says, the mystery that hath been hidden from the ages but is now manifested in the saints. So in the process, in the first week I started with you, I gave you this, this image. I gave you the image of three-part being. Okay? You, you have a physical body, and then you have a soul. That's your mind, your conscience, your thinking process. And then you have a spirit. It's the, this part right here that's born again. It's this part right here that has the design. You with me? Okay. Because God designed your soul, not your body. Your parents did that. Okay. You've heard me say that before. So hypothetically, what we're after is when you're born again, you have the potential to find this out. That makes sense? And when that happens, now this no longer controls this and prevents this. Make sense? So, I know it's not rocket science, but um, Ezekiel, go, go to Ezekiel 37 real quick. I don't think I put it in the notes. Listen to what Ezekiel said. I'm just going to free brain here. Ezekiel, what did I say? Ezekiel 37? Watch what he says. You do bring your Bibles, don't you? Okay, you'll bring your Bibles next edge class. Okay, 37. Come on, Robert. And watch what he says. 37, 37, 37, 7. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, behold, a shaking, and bones came together, bone to his bone. So in other words, the process is the physical life the physical life has something to do with your, in other words, this has effect on this, but it can't control this. Got it? Oil and water. Okay, Oil on the top, water on the bottom. Now, you know when I do this, what does it do? It mixes it. And if you watch it, 
Well, I go on talking, you know exactly what's going to happen. Right? It's going to separate. Right? So, let's go on for a minute. So, oil and water must be shaken, agitated, to keep life in balance. In other words, if your spiritual life is going to affect your physical life, and if this is going to influence this, so this doesn't influence this. You with me? If all you do is you leave it alone, what's it going to do? It's going to separate, right? And the water, the physical, is going to control the oil, the spiritual. So your physical life is in charge of your spiritual life. And your soul life is just along for the ride, okay? So when God lets things happen to your life, he's just shaking it up. You, you can't get all fussed up it, when things don't go right. I get fussed up. You get fussed up. Why am I going through this? And so that's why Susan and I have always said, if I'm going to go through something, I am going to get something out of it. Does that make sense? If I'm going to go through a physical problem, if I'm going to go through an emission, a physical issue, I'm going to get something out of it because I know what God, God is not punishing me. He's just saying, Bob, I got to get all this back together again. And sometimes the only way I can do this is, so are you with me so far? Kind of, you know, a little, little, little edgy because that's why we call it edge class. So the physical and the the, the physical should not control the soul. That's why when you read your Bible and you learn to pray and be filled with the Holy Spirit, these two now have the power to order this what to do. Now, when you're physically sick or something like that, you know, there's a physical uh, impairment in that sense, obviously that has a condition. But the inside of you, that's why I've said to you for decades, is what? Bigger than the outside. These two can actually have influence. That's I said this last Sunday. That's exactly what she did when she got the cancer report. And they, they sewed her up after, bless you, after 12 and a half hours and said, you know, she's going to be gone in 120 days and kiss her goodbye and go have a good time. You know? And what did she do? She put this and this and told this, you aren't in charge. Does that make sense? Now, a lot of Christians will tell you you're crazy because you're, are you saying, well, wait a minute, are you, you, you actually saying you can, absolutely, you can influence your life by how you think, how, how, how you think, what, what part of you is think? Your soul, right? So if all you do is you read stuff and watch stuff and do stuff that doesn't feed your soul what? Who said that? Spiritual. <laughs> Me, I get an award. Yay. So in other words, this is why we keep going back. This is what we did in the first class that I did with this. You, you, you feed this, and it nurtures this, and this nurtures this, and these two work together and tell this, hey, you shut up. You are not in charge. Now, I'm uncomfortable. I don't feel good. I don't like it. But that's where your spiritual life becomes bigger than your natural life. Make sense? Okay. So heaven and eternity will not and is not all spiritual. 
boy, it was quiet, but it got quieter. Okay, let me say that again. Heaven and eternity will not be and is not all spiritual. You understand that? You are going to live in eternity with a physical body. Yeah, that, that, a lot of Christians don't believe it. Oh, we're just going to be a spirit. We're just going to float around and sit on a cloud and suck lemonade. I don't want to go there. <laughs> well, I don't want to go to the other place either, but, but you get the point, okay? So heaven and eternity will not be and is not um, all spiritual. We will spend eternity on this planet. Most Christians, I shouldn't say, a lot of Christians really don't realize that you're not going to spend eternity in heaven. Heaven's coming to earth. Does that make sense? Do what? A new heaven and a new earth. Now, what I'm trying to do is just help us build on this issue of how we live our lives and what, what we let influence these two from this. This can't control these. Okay? But a lot of Christians, it does. So, let me say it again. Um, so, we will spend eternity on this planet back in the Garden of Eden. In other words, the whole earth this time is going to be in Eden. Now, when God put Adam and Eve on earth, they lived in Eden. Okay? The whole earth was not Eden. Their mission and pur purpose, if you read my book, Commitment to Conquer, you read what Susan and I have taught, over, I did conferences all over the world on this issue. They were put in Eden, physical beings, spirit and soul, oversaw this until they ate of what? The knowledge of good and evil that was influencing these. And if you read their mission and purpose, oh boy, I'm going to open up the conference here. Um, their mission and purpose was every day. They didn't go out into the garden and go, hey, let's just go, let's go, want to go over to the lake? Let's go to the ocean. Because it was all there and in and, and some form. Th their mission was to push the boundaries of Eden expand the garden. Does that make sense? So in other words, they were influencing the world they were living in, not the other way around. Until they did what? What did they do? They gave this preference over what they were told about this. And they gave preference to the physical and so we all know what happened. So listen to 2 Peter 3.13. It should be in your notes. It says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. So in other words, we're going to come back to this planet. Everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be like the Garden of Eden or better. I don't know. Who knows? All I know is it's going to be good and I want to be here. And you're going to be here in a physical body. No pain, no sorrow, no grief, no suffering. All right? Now, Revelation 21.1, watch what it says. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So there's not going to be an ocean. Interesting, huh? 
well, what about the fish? I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to be in heaven, right? So watch what happens now. Uh, read it again. And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, go to Job now. Watch the next verse. Because this is about you. The Spirit of God hath made me. Listen to what Job says now. The Spirit of God has made me, and, he, and the breath of Almighty hath given me life. So in other words, the life that is in us is going to be all God's. I don't know how to explain this because I'm not sure I understand it other than there won't be any place where there isn't God. In you, outside of you, the whole earth will be filled with what? His glory. What's where? The glory of God. So in other words, there's not going to be any evil. There's not going to be any pain. Not going to be any sorrow. Not going to be any grief. Not going to be. Not going to be anything bad. Heaven is on earth. It's not up in the sky someplace. You're going to spend eternity on earth. Well, if you're going to spend eternity on earth, let me ask you now. This is a chance for you to just raise your hand and belch out. If, you, if you're going to spend eternity and heaven's going to be on earth, what does that tell you about you? Want to guess? Raise your hand. What? Well, no, it'll already be here. What does that tell you about you? You're going to be physical. There'll be no pain, no sorrow, no grief, no suffering. No, nothing's, there'll be no wrong. Why? Anybody want to guess why? Go ahead, raise your hand. Why? And? And? There you are. Darkness is gone. Suffering, pain, suffering, it doesn't exist. As a matter of fact, I personally believe, now I can't prove this, but I personally believe you won't even remember it. You won't remember pain. Why would you need to have a memory of pain? You want, there'll be no fear. There'll be no frustration. There'll be no anxiety. It's just going to be like incredible beyond description. Why wouldn't somebody want to go there? Because most people get the idea that heaven is, what, we're going to sit on the clouds and suck lemonade? Right? That's the old tradition. Okay, so, okay, now watch this. Spirit created. In Genesis 1.26, turn real quick. I don't think, it, did I give you Genesis 1.26? Okay, watch this. I'll, I'll read it to you. Listen to what it says. This is, this is in the creation process. This is in Genesis chapter 1. Hey, if you're going on your Bible, or you're, I'll wait for you. Okay, listen to what he says. Now, this is in the creation process. Watch what happens, 126. And God said, there's this word, how did he create everything? By spoken word. God, God didn't create heaven and earth with his hands. He created it with his mouth. That's why the Bible says the power of Life and death are in the, the little red devil behind the pearly gates. Right? Got it? Okay, now watch what he says. And God said, let us make man in 
our image. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. After our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over everything, the cattle over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the face of the earth. 27, and God created man, how? In his image. We're not going to be gods. The Mormons are wrong. Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong. Every cult's wrong. There'll only be one God, and you'll be like him, but you won't be him. Okay, fair enough. Let's go on, verse 27. God created man in his own image, and the image God created him. Male and female created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Time. What? What? Whoa. God put man on earth and said, you're now in my image. Now I want you to subdue the earth. What does that tell you about the earth? It needs to be subdued. Right? If, if it's not subdued, when your dog isn't subdued, what's it doing? It's running wild. It's doing what it wants to do. It does what it wants to do. So God puts man on earth and says, I want you to subdue it. I want you to put it back in the order that I created it. Wait a minute. Did God create it wrong? Well, if he didn't create it wrong, how did it get that way? I am so far off track, I might as well go here. <laughs> Susan's looking at me like, I'm never going to get here, am I? Okay. Go to, Gen uh, go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I want to do it anyway, sweetie. You kill me later. Okay. I'll die happy. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay. Uh, you have Genesis chapter 1? Okay, now, now listen to it. If you don't have your Bible, listen carefully. Because this, this is about you. You're in this. Listen, he says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Period. Stop. Don't read any farther. There's a world of truth right there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, has God ever created anything that wasn't right or perfect? God has never had to say, oops. He's never done anything wrong, right? So if he created the heavens and the earth, then that means they were what? Perfect. Got it? Remember now, this is where we're going to live in eternity. In heaven and earth, Genesis 1-1, as God intended it to be. Okay? But then verse 2. Here, here it comes. Watch this. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the water. Okay, now it says, and the earth was. The word was there, if you look in your Bible, if you have a, a good translation, Bible, not that it's bad if it doesn't, but the word was literally in Hebrew means became. So that means, verse 1, God created the heavens and the earth perfect. Verse 2, and the earth became a void. It was no longer perfect. Anything that is not perfect 
isn't godly. Okay, in that sense? Okay, now watch what happens. And the earth was without form and void. That means meaningless, purposeless. It isn't doing what it should do. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God brooded over the face of the water. So now we know God created the heavens and the earth, and when he creates the heavens and the earth, he says, okay, now I, I got a problem here. I don't know how we had a, had a meeting. Father, Son, Holy Ghost had a meeting. So what are we going to do about this? Now, I don't have the time to do this. Other, should I do it? <laughs> she didn't want to yeah, explain how it became void. Huh? Uh, okay, uh, we're going to do that. Um, go to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. Okay, now, um, something happened, and we're going to get back to body, soul, and spirit eventually, someday, maybe. Okay, are you with this? You have Isaiah 14? Okay, now, we're going to read in, in uh, verse 9. Follow me in verse 9. Hell from beneath is moved from thee at thy coming. Someone came to earth, okay? It stirred up the dead from thee, and all the chief ones of the earth hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. Now watch what's going to happen. And they shall speak, saying unto thee, Art thou become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? So in other words, Isaiah is talking about someone who is now become like people. Watch what happens. Verse 11. The pomp of thy grave and the noise of thy vials. The word vials there is stringed instruments. Musical worship instruments. And the worm is spread under thee and the worms cover thee. Now watch what happens. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning star? How art thou cut down to ground? the ground? The word ground there is the Hebrew word for earth. Genesis 1.1, God creates the heavens and the earth. They're perfect. Verse 2, they're now without form and void. Isaiah tells us how it happened. Okay? A spiritual being, Lucifer, was the ark, or not the archangel, the worship angel. He had tabrets and pipes and cymbals in him. He, he led worship for creation. He challenges God and says, if you read the rest of the chapter when you have a time, we're not going to do it right now, but if you read the rest of the chapter when you have a chance tonight, you hear what he did. He challenged God. He went to God one day when he reported before God's throne, Lucifer, the highest ranking of all worshiping angels, went before God and said, I'm going to take your throne. I'm going to make war with you, and I've got one-third of the angels that are, of all the angels that are under my care and tending, I got one, I'm the chief, I'm the chief angel. I've got one third of all the angels you created, they're with me, and we're going to overthrow you. And we're going to make war against you, and we're going to throw you out, and I'm going to take over. And the shortest war in history took place. And God said, you're gone. 
How art thou cast down to the earth? So now Genesis 1.1, what God created perfect, was now destroyed at the presence of Lucifer. Does that make sense? Amen? Because this is looking at me like a trick. I got to do it. Um, Sorry, my brain's scrambled right now. Lucifer is cast down to earth. God says, I got a solution. Let's make a man. Oh, the Hebrew word, the Hebrew uh, ish is the Hebrew word for man, and ish ah is the Hebrew word for a woman. So let's make man that wasn't without a woman. That's why it says in verse 26 when you read it that God created male and female created him. Yeah. Ish and Isha. Adam was Ish. Eve was Isha. So Adam, when he first saw Eve, he said what? Ish. Ah. <laughs> Have a ding ding. Okay. So, so they, they fell in love. They're in charge of the earth. Does that make sense? Now, they're in charge of the earth and they are absolutely perfect in this sense. Their physical life isn't contradictory to their soulish life, and their soulish life isn't contradictory to their spiritual life, and they walk in harmony with one another as a reflection of God's presence on earth until shows up in the garden and says, did God really say you can't do that? Remember what, what happened? Did God really say you can't eat of that tree? Right? And the challenge is always to confuse this and to put this in charge of this. And as long as this gets all the attention in our life and we don't spend time feeding this and nurturing this, what in the hell are your choruses church about? It's not about a Bible study. It's about feeding your soul and feeding your spirit. So you go home and you do the same thing Susan and I do. You fight your flesh. I don't even want to know how many times she's wanted to kill me. Okay? A lot. Okay. I didn't think you'd give me the number, but <laughs> you know why? Because I think you ran out of room to count. Okay. But, um, so now let's read, let's read Job again, 33.4. The Spirit of God has done what? Made who? Me. Everybody say me. He made you. He designed you. That's why, we, that's why everything we do in this church and other churches, I met with nine other pastors today in my office. Again, the churches are coming together. Our mission is to teach people who they really are because the world's trying to tell you. You can be transgender. If you're a boy, you can be a girl. You're a girl, you can be a boy. And the whole thing is the world's trying to keep people from figuring this out. That God created you the way you are. He designed you in the womb. Your mommy and daddy didn't do that. So don't blame it on them. You don't like it that you're, that you're a boy? Or vice versa. Why, why are they even questioning gender now? When it really, for the most part, most people didn't question gender. Why? Why is the world pressing that issue? The world's pressing that issue.
Because the spirit of this world is trying to confuse this. And it's getting confused in the church. Okay, so, um, how are we doing for time? Okay, I got three or four more minutes, and then we're going to let you uh, comment, make some questions. So, look at John 6, 63. It is the spirit that does what? Quickens, awakens, stirs. Watch this. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and life. Look at this. Right here, what the reason, the, re, the word of God is food for this. That's why you're never going to hear anything in this church taught by anybody that, you know, about anything that has that isn't absolutely intimately connected to the Scripture and that doesn't serve this. I don't care how good a speaker somebody is. I would rather have somebody that didn't have a golden tongue, that didn't have all the analogies, but when people walked away, they felt fed here rather than teased and patted on the back and said, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all going to be okay. That's why when you go to church, and sometimes you get your butt kicked. Right? Because, you, because the Spirit of God is saying, Bob, 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 let's get back. Put your attention back here. You're all caught up. Hey, I, you know, we're in a class here. We're good. Listen, is, if you could understand what it's like to be a leader of a spiritual group of people that are supposed to be fed and you still have to be concerned about finances, people's needs, and all that kind of stuff. You have to blend the physical and the spiritual together. Does that make sense? So in other words, you, you know, we go through the same thing everybody else goes through. People think, well, if you're in ministry, you're, you're bulletproof. <laughs> no, no. When you're in ministry, you're a walking target. Because you're, does that make sense? And so the more you press into the kingdom of God, the more you do what Adam and Eve did, the more the spirit of this world is going to do everything it can to keep you from finding this out. Why are they doing what they're doing with our children in education? I mean, Suzanne has, has told me about kids that uh, parents have dropped kids off uh, at the school to, to register them, and they do a, a, a test on, I'm going to make something up. It kind of goes like this. The little boy or little girl should go into second grade. And so she'll test them. And they don't even know their ABCs. You get your ABCs in kindergarten. Now listen, if you're a public school teacher, I love public school teachers. Okay, Not everybody in the public school system is crazy. But what's happening is they're dumbing down our children. And they're dumbing down our children because... They know they can't get us. We've already figured them out. Does that make sense? So they're going to dumb down our children because if they dumb down our children, our children will never learn this. Does that make sense? And so in the process, you're physical, you're a three-part being, you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit, and which one are you going to feed the most? 
Which one is it, which one is it we're going to nurture? Now, let me come down to uh, finish here in just a second. Okay. The spiritual world is eternal, and now we can understand that. So the material world is eternal. This planet is not going away. People say, well, you know, they want, the, you know the, God's going to do away with, with earth. No, no. God's going to refurbish the planet, and, and, and we're all going to be in heaven while he's doing it. Jesus is going to come back. I don't know when. He was supposed to come back in 1970, but he didn't do it. <laughs> I read the book. You know, it just didn't happen. So, he, so if, if he doesn't come back, I'm going to him. You're going to him unless he comes back. And then there's going to be a time of tribulation. And then we're going to come back with him and we're going to clean the joint up. And we're going to live here forever. But until then, our mission is to live this life to the best of our ability. And once you've been born again, that's the process of understanding why you have to nurture your spiritual being. If your spirit isn't strong enough to hold your physical man down in that sense, or say to your physical person, you are not good enough. I will not get involved in that. I will not do that. Then you're compromised, and you're living a life of compromise. And I'm not saying that only God can judge who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. I don't want that job way above my pay grade, okay? I've, I've, you know, some people feel like, oh, you're not going to go to heaven if you do that. You know, I don't know about that. But Paul was helping Pastor Timothy. What I'm going to do the next time I do this class, what I was supposed to do, we never made it, is we're going to go into the book of Ephesians. And when you read the book of Ephesians and, the, and what Paul says to the church at Ephesus, man, it is an explosive image of this. And you hear about what he says and how he gives them the tools to grow their life and expand their life. So putting things back in order. Am I living the mystery inside me? That's the title for tonight. The next time I come back on Edge, I don't know who's doing the next Edge. Who's doing Edge after that, Steve? Me? Come back after the barbecue. We'll pick it up. We'll pick it up. Looking forward to it. Okay. Time for questions or any, does anybody have any questions or comments? Bobby, you have a question. Okay. Please, sir. Here, I'll put it right down here. I'll make it a little closer to you. There you go. Okay. Well, I guess it's on. Yep. Um, you read in Genesis that God told Adam and Eve to replenish the world. The only place other later on in Genesis, towards the end, during Noah's time, God told Noah and his sons to replenish the earth. Was that the same word, or did the first replenish, what was it talking about? What, well, because Adam was the only man at that time. Adam, Adam was and it, Eve. I, it, Job, I mean, um, you're talking about Job? No, Noah. No, Noah. Oh, no. During the right after the flood. No, no, no. That's a the earth birthed itself. Everything was cleaned off. 
and everything started growing again. Remember the, the, the right? Re yeah, God uh, yeah. goes through but each day what they did, right. but but all the vegetation, all the seeds. God told Adam Adam to replenish the earth. A lot of people or think did that I misunderstand that. No, no, no. A lot of people think there was a pre-Adamic race, but it, they didn't have God's spirit. And so when God said, "Let's make man," but now let's make him in our image, that's when He breathed ruach into him, and man was different. Now that's, that, that's a theory. That's one theory. That's her theory, and I've been asked that question a couple times, and I just yeah. No, Adam Adam was told to subdue the earth, put it back into divine order. And be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth with human beings. The earth was going to restore itself because of the How seed. How can you replenish something that's never been before? What do you mean? Replenish means... That's, if you read Genesis 1, 1 after it was destroyed, the earth was created perfect and without form and void. But there was no man at that time, was there? Well, we aren't told at that time there's a man. Or we're told that... Adam was the first human. Eve was the first human that came together to procreate. We know, we know that there were uh, seeds and plants on earth. Other because hum all the type hang on, creatures. all the Hebrew words after Adam and Eve are words in Hebrew of restor restoration. The earth was restored. In other words, remember the earth was covered in darkness? Yeah. Well, darkness wasn't the absence of a sun. The Hebrews understood it, that the earth was covered with a what? A mist, a fog. Do I? Yeah. Earth was covered with a fog, so God removes the fog. Now the sun comes back. Now the plants can regenerate. Okay, I got that. And then God puts animals on the earth. Go ahead. I'm so glad this is called Edge, <coughs> so we can, we can <laughs> discuss stuff. Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> Bob Martin, it's so glad to see you up front for a change. I've been trying to get you up front forever. <laughs> Boy, are you um, leaving? Here's the deal. If you get online and look up pre-edemic um, existences, I don't believe they were made in the image of God, but you'll find a lot of um, prehistoric men on there. That's where a lot of people believe in. Yeah, including me. I think they were there. There's pictures in caves of dinosaurs and men together. So I think there was that race of people, but I don't think they were made the image of God. And so when God told Adam, replenish the earth, he meant, I, I have a new race of men, and I want you to repopulate it with people in my image. And there's a lot on there about Nephilim. It's very interesting. You would love it. Get online, do study. Okay, yeah. so the other thing is this. Bob Beckett, I disagree with you just one little itty big thing. Go so ahead, I don't think ahead. that God, when we go to heaven and have our brains, you know me, I don't think he wipes out any knowledge. I think you may hurt, but I think he, like, wipes away the tears. And so the, the memory and the hurt, the hurt won't be there, but the memory will. Otherwise, they wouldn't remember the Red wait, Sea. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to do this in front of everybody. Okay. You believe we're going to take all of our memories with us? Absolutely. I'll all of our brains. the brain. devil out of you right here. <laughs> so I don't believe that God gives you lobotomy in heaven. So we can agree to disagree on this. I think you remember, I think I'll remember Bob. I think I'll remember my earthly experiences. But not all the bad stuff. Yeah, all the bad stuff. But I okay. don't think I'll hurt over it. Okay, I let, think let me do this before then. She can finish this, but she doesn't have chapter and verse. That's my only concern. Okay, finish. Well, I'll look one up for you. <laughs> I will find one. It's a big Bible. I love it. 
and I will. So I, I think I think okay, that otherwise next, otherwise you'd say okay. Otherwise you have to say that Noah or Moses wouldn't remember when God wiped out all the um, Egyptians because it probably is kind of painful for him to have realized all those lives were lost, and I think he remembers that. So <laughs> we'll talk later, and I'll get you a verse. <laughs> We do this at home all the time. We're so good. Okay, the other thing is this. You might be interested, and Bob's talking about the, our kids not knowing the Word of God and schools and stuff, but there's a, um, a sermon you may want to look at online by Robert Jeffers, and it's called America at the Crossroads. Fabulous. And he went through some Supreme Court cases, and he's talking about buildings imploding a little at a time, and then all of a sudden they're gone with little explosions. All of a sudden it happens. And so he's talking about implosions in America that he believes have happened, and they were Supreme Court cases, and it was fab It was not boring at all, trust me. But one of them was, and he went through the dates, and Bob watched it too. I can't remember the exact date, but the Supreme Court made a decision that the Ten Commandments should be taken out of classrooms. And he said, I'm actually going to read you the documentation on that because you won't believe it if I tell it to you. So in short, it was like this. We are afraid that if the Ten Commandments are posted in classrooms, that students will read it. And we're afraid if they read the Ten Commandments, they're actually going to believe them. And if they actually believe the Ten Commandments, right. they're actually going to do them. His congregation went nuts. I did too. I was watching it. So that's that's that. You, you know, if your kids aren't getting homeschooled or in a private school, make sure you know what they're what they're learning. And then I wanted to tell you, Penny and I were talking today about church attendance because you know Bob's talking about growing, you know, body, soul, and spirit, and getting getting everything in line. And you know, you can't do that passively. You know, I know so many Christians that come to church. We're talking maybe once a month. It's like that's twelve times a year. That's nothing. And the more you come, congratulations for being here tonight, but the more you come, Wednesdays and Sundays and whatever at home, you will start growing. You will notice a difference because I don't believe there's any such thing as really a passive Christian making a difference in the kingdom. You've got to be aggressive. I was supposed to talk on Sunday, but um, I ended up kind of being sick and the sound went down, so Bob took it. But I'm talking this Sunday morning, and we're talking about risk. Like, if we want to expand the kingdom of God, it's not going to happen without risk. And you have to be bold in, in your faith and know what you're doing. And I, I heard this illustration lately. I'll do this quick. But a guy was a kid, and he said, I remember when I was a young kid, I was sitting at the back of church, and he goes, a man was talking, and he held up a $10 bill, which back in the day actually bought stuff. And he goes, it was pretty cool. And he goes, the first young person to come up here and grab this money, it's theirs. And so he said, of all times, I'm sitting in the back row, you know. So all these kids ran up front, and they wanted that money, like, pick me, pick me. And he goes, the first one that takes this $10 bill, it's yours. And they kept saying, more kids kept coming up. Yeah. And he's like, why doesn't anybody like And then he went, I get it. He ran from the back row all the way up and grabbed it. And the guy said, I told you the first kid that took it, that took this $10 bill, was theirs. Nobody would take it. And he goes, it's like salvation or anything else. If we don't reach out and grab it and be aggressive with the things of the kingdom, listen, this stuff just doesn't fall. God's a spirit, and we have to come into agreement with him because we're in the physical. And I, I told staff, we did Devo yesterday, that, that the reason God says, I know your needs before you have them, but you've got to pray. Why? Because God wants us in agreement with what he's doing, and that makes all the difference in the world. And then one more thing I thought you'd like. This is interesting. There's a lot of words for the word glory, and one of them is atmosphere. And so when, it, when the Bible says the glory of God will cover the face of the earth, what he means is it's his culture and his atmosphere. And Bob and I have this little, little um, Cuban restaurant that we really like in yeah. Orange County. And Delicious. when you go there, you're like you're in Cuba. 
they're speaking Spanish. They're serving the coffee that a spoon can stand up in. It's all Cuban food. I mean, it's just great. We love it. But they've taken their culture and their atmosphere and moved it right in that whole area in Orange County. And you see that in Chinatown or all these other places because they have the atmosphere and culture. That's what God wants us to do. He wants the culture and atmosphere of God to permeate the earth, and we're the ones that propagate that. That was And it. that can't happen if this doesn't happen. Okay? Go I ahead. have a question. When God created the heavens and the earth, when he did that, he mm -hmm. said it was void. Mm -hmm. Now, you said it was in darkness, but it was void. What, what does that Without meaning, without purpose. That's what the word void means. So it's like it have all this chaos going on, but it was void. Yeah, it just okay. it had no meaning, it had no purpose. And then when God created, we are told, right, we read it tonight about the uh, predestination, that he knew who we are before he even created all right. this. But then he says, now I'm going to let us make man. Now, I guess I'm reading that as a question, like he's letting us, you know, how about we make man now? You know, where I'm thinking he already knew he was going to do that. But it's the way I'm it's not quite sure I got that. The way he says it. Uh, okay, here Stay over to the mic. Oh, he made this, he made that, you know, the trees yeah. and the, all the fish and all that. No, man wasn't an afterthought. That's what I'm saying. The way I, I read it there, it's like, now let us make man. But well, I guess I guess it would be his, I don't know, he made the. He planned this. He, pl yeah. he planned right. this before the foundation right. of the world. That's what Paul says. Right. Ephesians 1 4. So before the foundation of the world, God had planned this. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Okay. Pardon? Now, now that I've done this. In his, in, okay. in his discretion. By his plan. Uh -huh. Okay? There's, a there's just so much to, but you realize, you have to go back and realize that in, in everything in life, when, when we start getting convoluted, in this, and and it gets all mixed up, and it gets upside down. You know what it does? It just shakes it up. It shakes it up because we separate them rather than living with them together. So a lot of times we look at trials and tribulations. You read the New Testament. We, the, the church was full of trials and tribulations. Why? Because it kept them on course. If you're waiting for heaven to come to earth, not happening until after this is all done. So there's always going to be trials and tribulations. Go ahead. Okay. Revelation 22.2 talks about the tree of life. Mm -hmm. And it says the leaves are for the healings of the, the nations. nations. If we're imperfect bodies, what would we need healing for? There may be nations. We don't know. But the only reason we have nations now, I'm not sure that nations isn't in the original language. I'll have to look it up. I can look it up and Jacinius. I think that's talking cultures. Okay? Not actually nations. Because there won't be other governments on earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but we know God's government will rule, you know, in that sense. All right? Does that kind of make sense? That help you? Okay. Thank you coming for Quick question about uh, the New Jerusalem. And okay, so I just want to read. If you can give me your your understanding of what out of Revelations twenty two, fourteen and fifteen, 
um, a little, okay. Revelation 22 is explaining yeah. like the, the, new, the new heaven or yeah. new Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay, so in 14 it says, blessed are those who, are washed, who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat from the, from the tree of life. And then in 15, it says, outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the, the, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. So when I first read that, I, I pictured that being hell outside the gates of heaven, outside the New Jerusalem, sort of like, and somebody said this last night because we were talking about this last night, almost like the walking dead, the city of the dead outside the gates of New Jerusalem. And that being somewhat like the eternal pit or the eternal. Yeah. Well, we know that we know that can't possibly be the eternal abyss, but eternal. Oh, well, abyss. not the eternal pit as far as for the for the I'm speaking. OK, so within give me your understanding. All, of what that all means. unbelievers will be chained up when Lucifer's chained up. And finally, the archangel throws Lucifer, Satan, the devil, into the abyss, closes the lid, and chains it forever. Okay, so then what is what is your understanding of 15? I, I've heard so many opinions. Okay, what's yours? I, I choose not even to deal with it because there's no answer. Uh, if, if I had an answer, honestly, I'd give you one. But I, and I, when you look at that, that, that set of verses actually becomes, not on your case, mm -hmm. a divisive issue where people go, well, what's right and what's wrong? I haven't yet in my 53 years of walking with Jesus ever heard or read any explanation that actually resolves the issue because it leaves evil out of the abyss. Okay, so one more question then. Sure. Can I say something real quick? You know, I wonder if that, just since this is edge, you know, during the <laughs> millennium, the thousand-year reign, there'll still be non-believers on the earth, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. And Je yeah. But Jesus will mm -hmm. be ruling. Yeah. And there'll be people that, that do not want to get saved that are still doing really bad things. Yep. So I kind of wonder with the Jerusalem, with Jesus reigning, would that possibly be a time where um, people still committing adultery, still people still murdering? It's going to be both for a long time. Well, we know the heavenly city is on earth. We don't know, but maybe that could be an unsafe zone, if you will. Okay, because that's what I... That but nobody was, really knows. That was going to be the next question I asked then. So <coughs> being that there's actual measurements for the, the length yeah. of the walls and everything, right. and so there will be other earth outside of that, right? Like outside well, of the city walls. What we don't know is when that actually is. Okay, no, no, no I'm asking, will, well, will the earth still be bigger than just the city? I have okay. no clue. Okay. That's why, I mean, it's, no, I'm not avoiding it. No, it's no, 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 I, it's, I understand. It's, I, it's, it's, it's one of those questions that, you know, you can form an opinion, but you can't really get something that's definitive that you can really camp on. Yeah. But, but if, if, if the Bible says the glory of the Lord will cover the whole earth, I would say it can be applicable during those times. Well, you don't know. I that's don't know. That's the question. That's, when when that would question. be. If but the I glory of God's covering the whole earth and the glory of God is giving grace to people to do whatever they want to do. You know? 
and that would mean that the only safe place on earth at the time would be is inside, inside the, the gates. Yeah, that that. And it could be, actually, could be. You know, I just know I'm going to be in the safe place. Yeah, exactly. Okay, because honestly, it just seemed, and this may sound, it sounded kind of neat that there would be not neat. That's not the word, but it just intrigued me. Cool. To think that they like the non-believers or those that chose not to walk in 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 the, in the salvation that was provided for us would be out there, kind of like the city city of dead, like the Walking Dead. Some, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just out there. I, Reggie, I think on it for my opinion. Not saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. My opinion. This is one of those questions that there's no answer to. Yeah, no. And and so. It, it's not a bad question. Yeah. But it's a question that's one There's of no those things that's yeah. like. Now, um, I just wanted your opinion on it. Like, yeah. Because it intrigued me when I first read it. I'm like, that that sounded nothing like what I thought there, it would be I like. I have never found anybody that has a middle of the road. It's either what she said or the exact opposite. Okay. So. All right. Thank okay. you. Anybody else? Yeah. Pull it down so you can see. There you go. Pastor, I want to ask you, sometimes I think about, say, for instance, we're sitting here tonight and Jesus came back. Sometimes it's almost scary. I mean, I I know that I will be with Jesus. I know that. But I think about, like, how will it be? How do you think it would be? How I think what would be? Say, for instance, tonight, if Jesus came back, how... I mean, like your relatives and oh, okay. Well, it, it, I get kind of post-rapture. Like, would, would I? Would we be alone, or h- how do you think it will be? Well, who be alone? Like for us, like if Jesus, if Jesus comes back, all believers gone. Yeah, we would just all go in the. We disappear. Would we ever find our relatives, or I mean, will we? Will we be relatives, or? There there's, there's some fabulous books out there, Joan, on heaven. Jesse Duplantis has yeah. written one where they yeah. describe m- meeting with family, having family meet them. It, there's some really good stuff from Yachty. Well, she's talking about will, will we know while we're gone, will no, we know I mean, what's happening on earth? Oh, will we relatives. know what's happening on earth? Yeah. Well, we're, I mean, like, if they're, you know, with millions maybe, how will you find you're like, how would we find each other? Or you mean people we know? Or do you mean, why wait, no, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm confused. When we're gone, we're going to be gone. Right. We won't be here. So when are, when are you talking about? While we're gone, where we're at, or here? Well, okay, if Jesus came back, like right now, what do you think would happen? We're gone. Go? We're gone. Pardon? We'll be with him. Okay. But with we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. With, with all the people that would go to heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, how yeah. would you find people that... There's I millions mean, of people up there, and how are you going to find your oh, loved ones? We'll, I mean, we'll know even as we've been known. It won't matter? No, it will matter. You'll find it. You'll yeah. be... Listen, everything I've read, like on near-death experiences and all those the great books out there, See you, they relatives. all say... Yep. The little boy that died and said heaven is for real. Remember, he came back and told his mom, "I saw Grandpa. 
I saw the little girl that you lost in a miscarriage and you didn't even tell me about. You see your family. Everybody who's ever come back said, we saw our family. No, so, so what you're saying is you think, like, when we go to heaven, our family would, because I fit picture with all these people. Yeah, but you, you're limiting yourself to the natural world. You have to know even as we've been known. You, you'll see, you'll understand without restraint, without restriction. I mean, life will be completely different. You won't worry. You won't be filled with fret. You won't be concerned. You're so not going to have to go looking for them. They're going to be there. What was this story about the um, um, one where the little boy, you were talking about the little boy, he came back and he saw. Yeah. He, but w they were saying, well, how do you know? How did he know it was his grandfather? And then he was younger. The mom got a picture out. She and go, got had never, he'd never been around the grandpa. He, he was dead by the time the little boy was born. And if you remember, she showed him a picture of grandpa. He goes, no, that's not grandpa. And she kept showing him pictures until she got to a younger picture. And he goes, that's grandpa. That's who I saw. And then he, then he said, and I saw my sister. And she said, how did you know you had a sister? Because it, it was um, a miscarriage. And she said, I, he said, I saw her. And by the way, she's waiting for you guys to name her. Remember that? Because they had had a miscarriage. They never had named her. There, there's some really great yeah. stuff out there about NDEs. You won't be disappointed. You won't be worried. You won't be concerned. You and can't find your family. Come find me. I'll help you find and them. And before I go looking for, <laughs> before I go looking for my family, I'm going directly to the no guilt buffet. And I'm not going to go down the line. I'm going to swim the buffet. <laughs> he thinks okay. he's having a steak one dinner up there. One more thing, and then we're done. Okay, one more question. Since this is Edge, like Pastor yeah, Susan keeps saying, um, kind of to touch on what what Bob was talking about, because we, we, me and Bob have discussed this many times. So the verse you read out of Isaiah 14 mm -hmm. and 12, like so prior to that, the description that's going on of, of this fallen Lucifer. either king or Lucifer as yeah. most people see it as. It also talks about the nations that he destroyed mm -hmm. and all of that stuff before his fall mm -hmm. are kind of gloating at him like look at you now and, and everything. Okay, so with the pre-edemic uh, race yeah. of people would that kind of be an explanation to when Cain told God, if you kick me out of the, your presence, whoever's out there will kill me? Being that Cain and Abel were the first of, of Adam and Eve's children, who was he really talking about as far as, well, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. I've heard a lot of people explain it to be the children of Seth and all this other Remember kind of Remember this, stuff. when... when when the Garden of Eden took place and all that happened, and we're here today, Isaiah gets that prophetic word here. There were nations between these. Okay, but what I'm saying is, but okay, the prophetic word he's talking about is talking about the fall of Lucifer, which you're saying happened in between the time of the world becoming formless and void because I, I totally believe in which that yeah. part too. Yeah. There's a big gap in between Genesis 1 and Genesis, right. Genesis right. 1 1 and Genesis 1 2. So, what I'm saying is, 
as far as Cain saying that with that kind of lend favor to the idea of the pre-Adamic race being out there. Because, I mean, I, that's, that's one of the most confusing things out in the Bible is the whole thing about Cain saying, if you send me out, they will kill me, and then him having to mark his head or putting a mark on him so that nobody would kill him. Yeah. I, I'm just going to tell you how I feel about it. She, she'll have her own opinion. I think the question, and the, please don't take this. No, I'm not, I'm not. This is I think the question is meaningless because it's irrelevant. <laughs> I'm going to sit down now. Here's the deal. This is why I think it's so important to answer stuff like this. I'm telling you, you have to live in our house. We have been married 50 years in August. I am just amazed we're still alive and we're not dead or killed or divorced. My mother is too, by the way. So here's the deal, because we disagree on almost everything, but it keeps things lively in our home, trust me. <laughs> Matter of fact, Suzanne used to walk in. You the dogs in. when we get into this. The dogs are going. Suzanne used to walk in in the kitchen after church sometimes, and we'd be like in the kitchen, and she's going, I don't even want to know. I'm just like, I go, we're discussing so something. go ahead with your answer. Okay, so here's the deal. Get online and, and check this out. It's very, very interesting. And again, I do believe a lot of them were the Nephilim back there, but they didn't come yet. And a lot of people, Reggie, there's tons of information online where that there really was a pre-edemic race that just, they were all over the place. Um, and I wanted to share one more thing, too, about the... Let, the let me say this. They actually do have carbon dating of pre, what must be pre-edemic uh, skeletal issues, life. So yeah. there's no, no question that there was something on Earth that was destroyed and became void. He's signing wondering. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes it all come let together. Let me throw this in. Has no bearing. No, but here, oh, that's what I was going to say. Here's the deal. But when people, I was a little kid, I asked more questions like, how did the animals get on the ark? And if heaven and earth will pass away, but we'll be here, we'll be, like, where are we going to be? I mean, nobody can answer my questions. And I was reading recently where the millennials are going, why won't the people in the church talk about dinosaurs yeah. or homosexuality or all these hot button issues? And a lot of them are biblical. They refuse to talk about them. And I think the reason is because they don't have answers. And so when people come and go, well, where, where, where did this big skeleton come from or big Neanderthal head? And we go, we don't want to talk about it. Just look at the Bible. Right. And they go, yeah, but they're, they're in museums, for pity's sake. Right. Unless we can come up with some really good answers. And I was telling Penny tonight, we were talking, Lance Wall now has information, good information on this. He goes, Jesus is the best mathematician, the best artist, the best singer, the best composer, the best archaeologist. I mean, there, the information's out there, and it's ours to discover. It's just waiting to find out. God's amazing, and there are answers to everything. There's a book by Josh McDowell called Easy Answers to Hard Questions or Tough Questions or yeah. something. It's yeah. little tiny chapters. Everything you'd want to know is in that book. It's a fascinating book to read. Josh McDowell, it's old, but it's really, really good, and you'll learn a lot. And the next time someone comes and says, how do all the animals get on the boat, you'll have an answer for it. We can't just be stupid on this stuff because we're winning nobody by not answering Finish. your questions. Oh, one more question, one more thing. I have to tell you, Reggie. This is Reggie's fault. He brought it up. But the, ci the city thing with the New Jerusalem and people on the outside, did you know the phrase when Jesus said there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth? Remember, back in the day when they had walled cities, if a person was bad, 
they would throw them over the wall. Yes, and over the wall they also throwed other, threw other garbage. And so at night, lions would come and eat the garbage, and the people, if they were there, they'd eat them. And so they would scream, they'd hear these loud screams all night. There'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth from the, from the men or women over in this garbage pit, hoping they wouldn't get eaten. And so in the morning, they'd look over, and if they're still alive, they haul them up. A lot of times, they would have ground their teeth down so much just from all night doing that, weeping and gnashing teeth outside the walls. Kind of interesting. Now, yeah. go ahead, Steve. Go for it. Speak to Joan because I know Joan and her family, and I know you're close to Tom and your son Jeffrey and Diana and Brooke and all of them. So here's what I would say to you. In Hebrews chapter 11, I believe it is, it says that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, cloud of witnesses yeah. that's cheering all of us on and going, hey, Jordan and Carrie, keep doing what you're doing. Hey, Joan, keep doing what you're doing. And then the Bible also says we th see through a glass darkly, but then we'll see in full. So I think we love our family so much. We all want to know what we did here meant something yeah. when we get there. So I think you can take comfort in knowing that. And I think Bob also spoke to that earlier. So I just wanted to say that to you. And, you know, I think, you know, with all this, you know, we go back and forth and we banter. And, and finally, I end up going, I have to feed people who don't, couldn't care less whether they were giants. You know, so, so it's not that, you know, she's right on a bunch of stuff. I'm right on a bunch of stuff. But my mission is to feed people. And, and for me now, I'm not saying it's bad. You know, that's bad. It's just those questions are irrelevant to a lost world. Now, I know you would say that a lost world wants the answers, but, you know, and, you know we can do anything we want to do as long as we remember that it's about <coughs> what's in here, and if it's in here, you can count on it. If you can't prove it, it's pure speculation. So what I think, what you think, what we think, if it's not clear in here... It could be true, but it's what's its purpose? You know, does that make sense? Uh, kind of a little bit of sense. So <clears throat> that's why we're doing the edge classes. So you you know think out of the box and you do this. And I know we've gone over time, and hope the kids aren't freaking out here with the children's ministry. But that's why we're doing these to stimulate thinking. You're going to go out of here tonight, and you're going to have brain gas. You know, you know. Whoa, what do we think? <laughs> You're going to be laying in bed going, what were we thinking about? Okay? You good? Okay? All right. <laughs> Sorry, let's finish. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to talk about your word. But Holy Spirit, really what we want is we want, do we want to be able to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. The answer to people that are lost and lonely and broken and wounded some people really do care about whether there were dinosaurs and whether there were ne Neanderthals. And some people need an answer from the word. But then there's the rest of the world. The majority of it is just so lost, they don't even know the questions to ask. Give us answers and let us live the answers in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks. You